Hey, Austin. Uh, thanks so much for joining us this week. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm happy to be on the podcast. My first like real podcast experience, and we'll <laughs> get to talk about space. So should be pretty exciting. Yeah, so uh, we had a pretty interesting week this last, this last week, uh, and then uh, Jared, of course, is out on uh, vacation. I just got back from my vacation, uh, and so uh, we'll have Austin for this week and next week, and we should have a, should be pretty awesome. All right, so let's get right into the first story today. Uh, and it's actually ULA finally making their launch debut. Uh, last week, ULA launched its second-to-last Delta IV heavy rocket. This mission, named NRL-68, uh, was the launch of a classified satellite for the National Reconnaissance Office, uh, usual for ULA's Delta rocket. ULA uh, will retire the rocket after next year's launch, uh, when it will hopefully be uh, fully replaced by the company's Vulcan rocket, which is still in development. Uh, apparently, Vulcan is it the, apparently the second stage is being headed back to uh, Deca- uh, is it Decanter? Decatur? Decatur, um, yeah, Alabama. Decatur. Decanter's whiskey. I'm getting too, <laughs> I'm getting too close <laughs> into my other area. Uh, Decanter, uh, yeah, for uh, the get fixes into um, uh, its second stage. But uh, I didn't. Sadly, I didn't go. I don't think I don't think Jared went um, to the launch either. I mean, he maybe was off site. No, he did go. He he saw it from uh, I think Satellite Beach. But uh, you obviously didn't because you're up in the north. I'm a, I'm as far away when you're on the east coast as you can get, nearly. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we're pretty much both up in the close north. So, have you been getting yeah, the smoke? Unfortunately, has been coming through. From I, Canada? We, we, we did get the smoke actually. Um, was it two weeks ago? Yeah, two two ish. Oh, it's coming more. When it when it came down, like that initial time, we had it, and I remember I was like really confused because I was like, "What is?" I I, I <laughs> it was in the morning, and I woken up. Normally, I like check my phone, but like I didn't. And so I didn't know what exactly it was, and that was just like I was really fascinated by like the orange light when it was like 10 a.m. Um, but yeah, no, we we got it. We got to get them out of it. Well, there's more coming because I just drove through all of it. I drove through the UP of Michigan back down. And nice. It's all so, but uh, yeah, so the Delta Four launch. This is the second last Delta Four heavy. I think the next one's like next spring. I think it is around that time, or maybe I think about a year. Yeah, at this little under. It's a year. year. We won't know exactly until uh, they actually start assembling the rocket, but. Yeah, it's a typical Delta IV Heavy. Um, it's awesome. It's like my favorite rocket to see launch. I've only seen one of them launch ever, I've, which irritates. Have you seen a Delta IV Heavy launch? I've never seen a Delta IV Heavy launch. <sighs> okay, you have to make it down. I'll talk, I'll talk to Tim for you. Yeah, we need. I need <laughs> to, and I think hopefully next year I'll have some time to be able to, uh, assume the time yeah. works out well, but um, I'd love to. I think like I've seen Falcon Heavy. But mm-hmm. I've heard Delta IV Heavy is just still different. So it's the best. It's so awesome. It, it's also fun to set up because uh, you get to set up at for remote pads, remote cameras. You get to set up at the Apollo One pad, so you get to go walk around there and see oh, all that uh, yep, there. Yep. And uh, I know it's like every year, whenever one happens, it's like, oh yeah, we'll set, we'll let you set up at at the pad, uh, and then like close to launch happens, like no, we can't let you set up at the pad. So and, and the NRO doesn't like, <laughs> yeah, remote cameras yeah. Uh, near their rocket. Because uh, uh, this is, I think, since it's, since we had the same issue with not being able to set remote pa- uh, cameras at the pad, possibly, I think, uh, the Orion uh, satellite, which is, like, the big signal intelligence satellite that, like, goes up the yeah. geostational. Um, but, like, of course, the NRO will never confirm whether or not our speculations are true or not on that one. You can only but, um, speculate, yeah. You can only speculate on those. So, yeah, uh, one more of those. The uh, I can't remember what the, the term that Daryl... Uh, Salsa uh, made me use in our article that he hates so much, but pulmonate whatever launch? I don't know. Penultimate. Uh, so Penultimate. That, that one. Yeah, so the only one more left, and I uh, I will be there. For, I have to make sure I'm down there for that one. Cause, uh, yeah, I'd really like rocket. to as well. Um, and so another thing to add here, just some stats on this mission. This was the 156th ULA mission ever, mm-hmm. and the 15th launch of a Delta Heavy. So after the last launch, uh, next year, it'll be 16 Delta IV heavies. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to see if there's anyone uh, in the media that has seen all 16. I'm sure there are. I'm, but I'm curious sure there's some be. photographers that have. Because there's still some photographers in the press pool who, like, have seen Apollo missions. So, like... Yeah, so there has to be some. I'm certain there's some that have seen every single Delta IV heavy. Well, oh, I guess... There's, there, I guess if they don't, depends if they went out to California for, for those. Yeah. But I guess yeah. they didn't all yeah. launch from True. Florida. But, exactly. uh, yeah, this is also, this was also the first ULA launch of the year. 
um, which, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it wasn't supposed to be the first ULA launch of the year. They were supposed to have other missions, uh, such as this Vulcan was supposed to launch by now. Um, of course, we were supposed <laughs> to have Starliner launch by now. Um, so it, it's not really, I want to say, ULA's had a lot of customer issues uh, trying to get their first launch out, yeah. out, out of the year. Um, and then, of course, it had some rocket issues as well. But, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll get we'll talk about SpaceX a little bit well, later, but uh, they're, they're kind of being lapped. Well, yeah, and, and Vulcan was supposed to be what? Was it originally, or at one point, I think it was December of 2022, if I'm remembering correctly. I thought, like, a couple of years oh, yeah. ago. Um, yeah, I, I think it was, like, 2021. I I went out to Astrobotic when they were still going to be the first on the the first payload um, mm-hmm. with their uh, Peregrine lander to the moon was going to be that first launch. I think that has since changed. Um, I think but, they're yeah, still supposed to be the first one because I think it's still the first. I think it's still Peregrine and then or Peregrine, whatever we count it, and then um, I think the one that might change is Dream Chaser. Might not be the yeah second um, yeah. one that that's up in the air. I think. That just, they just had an update recently that uh, they're they're going through final testing and they're hoping to launch in December. Um, now we might not have a rocket by December, so we'll see whether or not yeah. uh, that one actually be we'll the second. Also, Sierra Space's timeline's a little funky. You know, yeah. Publicly, yeah. they've said very different things than what's actually happening. So, exactly. Well, and and a little bit back on Delta Four Heavy. Um, in terms of the, the, the history, since we, you know, we're starting to get to the end, we can talk about the beginning. Um, the first attempt, uh, the first launch attempt of a Delta Heavy rocket was in 2004, uh, only a couple months after I was born, um, and was a partial <laughs> failure. Okay. Yep, to, okay. to date some people. Um, and they actually didn't see a full success until three years later in November of 2007 was their first successful launch of a Delta IV Heavy. Yeah. But since then, we've seen 100% success rate um, out of this rocket, which is which is pretty incredible considering just how big and massive and powerful it is. Yeah, it's huge. And how complicated it is because it's, hyd- it's liquid oxygen hydrogen. It's practically it's like... Not, it's the original it's not big easy. orange. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the original you know big orange rocket. Uh, so, and it, it, after I was there for the NRL 44 debacle, which was like months of delays because oh, they would like, I actually, yep. I remember that. And I never even got to see it launch because I went down to, oh. uh, it, I, I went and set up, I think it was like for like two weeks straight. I think I went up and like set up remote cameras and stayed and I used so much PTO at my last job. That's how it is. And then, That's uh, how it is. Yeah, and then if I got delayed because they were going to like refix the the G, uh, the ground system equipment that like caused all the problems, and so it was like a couple months delayed. And so by the time it was launching again, I was in Texas for the SN8 launch from Starship. <laughs> and yeah, I remember that I conflict. Yep, didn't get over in time to see it launch. I got over the day after it launched. So and apparently oh, the joys saw, of rocket chasing. Yeah, I saw a rocket explode instead of a rocket set stuff like <laughs> but, uh... um, another uh, element uh, if you look at uh, Delta for heavy history was one of its notable launches Parker solar probe uh, back in 2018 yep. um, obviously that's, still that's going strong so definitely a, uh, a good really good uh, history of launching not only classified lots of classified payloads but um, some science payloads that are, are continuing strong yeah. five years it later. It launched the uh, Orion boilerplate. I remember that one as well. So Yep, uh, it did. Orion spacecraft. So, yep. It's, uh, it's, been a, it's been a good little rocket. Well, it's been a good big rocket. So uh, Good big rocket. Actually, yeah, very big rocket. another thing, the Delta, not the Delta IV Heavy, but the Delta IV Medium, or I guess the regular Delta IV, um, that was my first successful like streak that wasn't like completely blown nice. out. Nice. It wasn't... I didn't see nice. it at the Cape. I saw it from Fort Lauderdale, but, like, it was through well, my screen and porch, so the photo looks terrible. <laughs> the shots, like, the hey, shots, though, and you The shots, learned, the right? shots. <laughs> That's what it's so, about. Yeah. All right. So. Mo- moving on to the next one. Uh, actually, a little bit of aviation news. We don't really touch a lot of aviation news on the site, but this is, this is one of them. Uh, in an update last week, NASA announced that it was uh, that it would be concluding the X-57 Maxwell program after several years of research and development. The experimental test program uh, was created to attempt to build a completely electric aircraft. While NASA and the industry partners have learned a lot from the program, the X-57 will sadly not get a chance to fly due to ongoing safety issues that could be mitigated. 
Um, I didn't really follow this program a whole lot. I know our uh, sister site, Electric, um, covered a good amount of it. And I think it was like February or March of this year, they announced that it was going to attempt to fly. Uh, and it, it, it did not, uh, obviously. Uh, so if you don't know what the X-7 is, it's actually the first X-plane, which if you know what X, X is, an experimental plane by um, either NASA or the Air Force. Um, and uh, it's been the first one for like decades, uh, apparently. There's been a few since the X-57, because I think, I can't, what's the supersonic one that they just came out with? Mm, I don't know the number. Yeah, I don't know the number, but there's I'm like, there's sure. like the quiet supersonic aircraft that's coming out, and then there's a third one as well that's come out, uh, or a second one has come out, so it's the X-57. Um, but uh, yeah, it, the U.S. government has this goal to make the uh, aircraft industry, the, the commercial aircraft in- industry, uh, net neutron on carbon uh, emissions by 2050, and so the whole plan um, this was proposed back when Obama was was in office because it was uh, the whole X fifty seven plane itself was uh, proposed by um, then NASA administrator Charlie Bold, uh, Bolden. Uh, so he was um, he pushed for this program to kind of just learn. Like the whole point of it was just to learn like what technologies need to be developed, what technologies like are good enough now, and what need to be fixed. And so they've. They took, um, I can't remember the name of the plane is anymore, actually, but they took a, a stock plane, replaced the engines with some electric motors, and they threw batteries in there, um, and they kind of, like, just for the past, since 2016 or so, um, have been developing this plane to even work. Uh, but sadly, I guess there was some safety, there's a lot of safety issues. Uh, I know they've been going on for a while um, that didn't allow it to fly. Uh, and so pretty much since you have a plane you can't fly, uh, they're, they're concluding the program uh, later this year, finishing out some white, the researchers will finish out some white papers um, to kind of give the industry some uh, some tips, and uh, they'll close down any operation, which is kind of sad, but to be to be fair, it didn't look cool. <laughs> Have you seen the photo of the weird. Maxwell? It looks a little it weird. A little it's weird. not like your normal yeah, plane. It's, <laughs> it's a little weird. Well, and I think... It's not, like, it's not your, your Tesla. It's not your Tesla. Of, no, uh, of it, doesn't look, it doesn't look that cool. But to, yeah. to your point, it's not like it's a complete waste of time. You know, no. I mean, there is still a lot of data, technology developed that's going to be applied, you know, to either future projects of this nature mm-hmm. or even other projects. And it's like, this is, I kind of look at the X-57 as like, it's an all-in, like, they're trying to go for the big money here, right? Like, and and I think that there are definitely technologies that they develop for this plane that could be integrated into, and, you know, into planes that use, you know, aviation fuel right now that, you know, could help reduce those carbon emissions a little bit, you know, even just a little bit. Um, and like, you know, you don't need a full blown plane yet. That's, you know, Mm -hmm. like the exit. I know one of the, you know, yeah. One of the big items that kind of came out of this program was, um, they, they designed a new kind of way of, producing thrust over the wing yeah. which if you ever see propeller uh, propeller planes or even in, you have like one or two engines uh, and they're usually really big you, you don't really have sorry two or three two or four engines symmetrical sorry uh, two or four engines <laughs> on a plane uh, and they're kind of like under the wing and they're really big and you try to have as one as as little as possible uh, instead they kind of did like really small a bunch of small propeller you know motors across yeah, the whole exactly. wing uh, the, the one that was going to fly was going to have two but they're going to modify it like they had like, they had like a modifi- modification plan to have like it was the two motors that were originally on the airplane when they bought it, and then they were going to redesign the wing and put the two engines on the edges of the wings, and then for the third modification they were going to put all like twelve of these little um, uh, propeller you know, motors across the top of it, and apparently it, it produces more thrust, um, so you have a shorter wing, uh, you can take off shorter, and uh, it's like more efficient. Especially if they're, they're individually powered, so like wind gusts and all that. Like they're, they're just, it's more efficient to do it that way. Uh, so that would be interesting to see if that ever makes it into the commercial um, industry. It's like one of the, it was one of those very early. It wasn't really well developed. Uh, it never really it never flew. It just um, it used. <laughs> I know this because of Drone DJ. Um, the other <laughs> site I run. Uh, they used uh, Joby was part of this whole program, and Joby's making um, air taxis. And so they actually use Joby's. Yeah. Joby has this like, it's somewhat out of Mad Max. It's it's like a semi that they just drive in the desert at like full speed, uh, and they wow. just they they mount up their they mount wings on it. And they kind of test like the aerodynamics of wings, and they built it for Joby's own like system that they're building for air taxis, um, and then NASA kind of like 
NASA partnered with them to kind of do this, and so the it's just straight out of Mad Max. Like it, it's just a big old uh, wild semi with a wing on top with propellers, like in the middle of the desert, just going full speed. It's and crazy, it's kind of funny. Yeah, By but the way, uh, that, yeah. So I wonder, that supersonic plane is the X fifty nine. Fifty nine. There's, I think there's one more, and I think it's, I think there's one more. I'm not exactly sure, but I think there's one more um, X plane since. Uh, I don't remember what the last one was. Uh, before the X-57. It was probably that glider that NASA had like back in like the 80s or 90s. I think that's what it was, probably. Um, of which we got turned into Dream Chaser. So, yep. yeah. So going on to our final small topic uh, story for today. Uh, and it's actually Virgin Galactic. So by the time you are watching this or listening to this, it would have already flown, hopefully. Um, but hopefully. we're recording on a Wednesday, the day before. So we'll, we'll talk in... Uh, We'll pretend that it hasn't happened just yet. Uh, this week, Virgin Galactic it will launch its first commercial flight to the outer reaches of our atmosphere. I got really creative with this uh, sentence, apparently. On the Galactic One mission, after flying, Vir- after flying Virgin founder Richard Branson back in 2021, a year-long refurbishment of the VSS Unity space plane and VMS Eve mothership, uh, then, uh, for a, then a final powered flight earlier this year the cr- with four crew members... I, just, I really need to start reading these before I uh, re-record. All right. Four crew members, <laughs> three of them are Italian Air Force, and one of them is from Galactic, will be launched high into the atmosphere and conduct 13 experiments during microgravity. So, that's super exciting. Uh, Very. We did plenty of research on this, so I'll let you just go ahead and, and just talk about Yeah, so uh, I've been covering Virgin Galactic for a while, basically since their first like big flight. Um and uh, with uh, Sir Richard Branson. And this is like, I mean, Galactic One is super, super exciting because we're actually seeing some like other science, not just on like, does it work? Um, basically, mm-hmm. but uh, a couple of stats to note. It's the third crewed flight of Spaceship Two, their, I believe, second uh, vehicle. Um, this is f- fully crewed flight, that is. This is the 26th flight yep. of the VSS Unity, that vehicle. Um, and another interesting fact is that this is their third flight this year. They did one uncrewed test back, I think, January or February. Yeah, it was January. Uh, February January did, sounds uh, right. Like another test flight. Yep. Um, and then they did the crewed test that Seth mentioned uh, a couple months ago, and then now we're finally on on this one, which includes, like you mentioned, three uh, Italian Air Force uh, people and one Virgin Galactic. Uh, uh, employee who is an astronaut trainer so he also uh so i think his name's colin bennett he mm-hmm. uh is not only going on this flight but he also was the lead instructor for the other three members and training them um and so he's kind of training himself but he already knows how <laughs> it works but then i think it's always great when time. you get to teach somebody else the things you know uh this is his second time. time flying okay he okay. he flew with richard branson on that first flight that's um, right, because a lot of them have flown. Because I know, uh, was it? Is it? Is her name Mary Beth? No. Yes. Um, yeah, I think so. The the the, the lead the lead astronaut trainer, like the guy who's like uh, the mm-hmm. uh, she's uh like the main, she's like she's flown like three or four times. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but what's super cool is like some of the science they're doing. So there are still doing mm-hmm. like every uh, crew member is wearing some monitoring equipment to like monitor their their vitals so they're like their heart rate their breathing rate um i think some are doing some cognitive function stuff that i'm not super certain about i'm not super knowledgeable on the brain yeah i, I, skim um, through I just, I just use it um but some of the cool experiments that they're doing some of which are automated others of which are have to be performed by the astronauts themselves is the italian combustion experiment or ice um which is basically seeing how uh renewable liquid biofuels and their uh behaviors at high temperatures um they are doing this in the microgravity environment because these uh, biofuels could be used um in space and so you want to know how they interact when they're not under the influence of gravity um the other thing they're doing is a uh a university-backed experiment from the university of rome tor vergata believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, which is testing, and this is a, uh, an experiment that's going to be run by one of the crew members. Uh, there's going to be some liquid in these syringes that he has to mix, and they're going to see how they interact with each other. Um, and again, the critical element of doing this in microgravity 
is because they when they interact they're supposed to foam up or something whatever the reaction is and you mm -hmm. can't really produce that foam on earth under the influence of gravity so for whatever reason i'm not totally sure on the specifics of the experiment but um, it'll really cool to see you know what they what data they get from that because it's an experiment that really needs to be conducted in microgravity and fortunately an experiment that you don't need to spend money sending all the way up to the International Space Station to when you have a shorter yep. flight, shorter crewed flight like this. Um, and the Aircool thing, uh, the last experiment that I'm going to mention, which I think there are like 13 or something, um, yeah. is the space motion sickness experiment, which they're going to uh, they have a sensor underneath one of the seats that they're going to see the vibrations of during all portions of flight to see what they could do to maybe better design seats or uh, flight suits or whatever to kind of alleviate some motion sickness that some uh, astronauts and crew members experience, um, which as someone who can't read in the car would appreciate. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Every time I touch, I read one sentence and I feel terrible. Uh, yep, the interesting uh, thing I find I about... This thing, interesting thing I found about this mission is uh, there's been a huge for the past like tw two years because was it it was 2021 when Branson and, and Bezos flew on their respective um, yeah. rockets and since then uh, we kind of thought that there would be this huge heated debate you know a battle between the two about who can launch more and who can launch the better missions the cooler missions who had the better celebrities uh, but for the past few years has pretty much been only. Blue Origin flying um, their their rockets, um, and this is the first fully commercial. You know, I think well, the count actually we should probably count how many crew have flown on each because I think Virgin Galactic probably has them beat because every single flight has two people on it, um, or at least they're probably close. Um, but uh, sure. this is the first like final you know for full commission commercial mission, and it, I think it actually like, kicks anything Blue Origin has done out of the water because. There's been a lot of bad press. I, I know I listened to um, uh, Pivot, which is with uh, uh, Scott Galloway and Kara Swisher. And if you're in the tech, you know those two people. Um, and they always kind of just trash them for being a, you know, it's just a billionaire play toy. Uh, they just, you know, they spend mm -hmm. millions of dollars. They go up and they've come down. And that's pretty much all they do. And if you watch the, the crude missions of Blue Origin, that's pretty much what they are. They're all just you know someone who has a lot of money who can afford the ticket and they fly up and they do some flips and they come back down this on the other hand is very much a research mission it is not Definitely. a joyride it's not a you know i want to do something that no one else has done mission um it's fully there's no celebrities on board although i mean in the space community maybe all these people are celebrities to us but um exactly <laughs> go con um but uh <laughs> the uh it, it's they're just they have people who do this for a living, and they're going up there, and they have a mission. Um, and actually, the commander—not the commander of the fl of like the flight, because that's technically the commander who's flying the plane, uh, the, the Unity—but the the Italian commander, or he's a colonel, he's the commander of—I can't remember what it's called, Vente One, I think they call it. Um, he's actually uh, was the uh, backup crew for Axiom Two, and he's going to be flying on a future mission. So yes, they're actually yes, was. part of this mission is also training for him to fly on an orbital mission uh, which has kind of been a big one of the few yeah. kind of like use cases for these flights absolutely and more on him while i have it um he this is only like i said a part of his training he's also he's certified in mm -hmm. soyuz and international space station systems um as yep. well on extravehicular activity so he's done a lot of training um, and this is, I guess, yep. almost a bonus for him. Um, but all of these, uh, every Italian uh, Air Force member, this is going to be their first space flight, um, yep. not simulated. Okay, it's two of them that are Air Force, uh, one who's like, I think, a researcher. Yes, he right. works for the yep. National Research Council of Italy, and he's an engineer. Yeah. It's also interesting, this is an Italy mission, and then that the guy yep. who's flying is most likely flying through Axiom. As an Italian astronaut, um, yeah, I, that's exactly. the way that it sounds to me that he's not going to be flying through ESA and as a ESA yep. astronaut, um, which is that's kind of a change for Europe. Um, usually, we've we've talked about this before in the past when Axiom has flown other missions, like we've had the Axiom two mission with um, two astronauts from Saudi Arabia, and then the crew the Crew six with United Arab Emirates. Um, someone who mm -hmm. was that's technically an Axiom uh, flight in in retrospect. Um, so 
it's kind of interesting that, that this kind of change in how countries get their people into space is changing from uh, always being through government agreements on government missions to just buying it commercially. Um, and also Italy kind of doing its own thing outside of the European Space Agency. So, uh, yeah, that's coming up. Well, I guess you're watching and listening to this, you'll, you'll know what happens. It's either it either happened or it hasn't happened or it's going to happen. We'll let you decide on that one. So uh, with that, we're going to take a short break and then we'll get into our main topic. All right, we're back. Uh, Austin has his cursor outside the purgatory. Um, Ooh, my bad. <laughs> I had to get you on it because I've got I've yelled at Jared so many times on the podcast too. All right, so going to our uh, main topic <laughs> today, and of course uh, it has to be SpaceX. It always is. It, it seems to be SpaceX a lot recently. We haven't even Dominant. touched like, of course, their Starship testing has gone back up recently in the past week, but that's not even that because uh, honestly, that's that's not really newsworthy that much anymore. I mean, it is, but it also isn't at the same time. Uh, but we are racking rap. This week, we are wrapping up the um, uh, end of the first half of 2023, and so we're kind of talking about the retrospective of, of the missions. I forgot I should read this before before we start. Uh, in the past six months, SpaceX has launched a total of 44 rockets, six short to be considered on pace for the company's 100 launch goal for 2023. One of those launches, uh, of those launches, uh, there were 41 Falcon 9 flights, which is an impressive feat given the company was able to do only 61 launches the year before in total, and now they're pretty much almost going to match that before um, we even probably get through the next quarter. Uh, this weekend, SpaceX plans to launch two more missions back to back on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, the question is now will SpaceX get ahead of the pace for 100 launches before the year is out? I've been, like, tracking this way more than I probably should have. <laughs> like, I have an art- article that Fair. I update every single time they launch with their launch rate. And then I have a little thing right next to it, like, this is what it needs to be for 100 launches. And, like, it, you can see it. It goes down. It's going down pretty well. Uh, but, yeah, they are actually slightly behind pace. But, like, it, they're not, like, widely off pace. Like, they're pretty, they're pretty solid. Um, at the moment, I think I, I'm a little more negative than I, I sound sometimes when I talk about it, but they're they're pretty close to on pace, um, and even 44 is impressive to get within six months. But that's a lot. Definitely, I, well, it's more than any other. Um, that, that's for <laughs> well, yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> we, I think we have I, the first ULA launch, and then we're talking about 44 <laughs> SpaceX launches, literally in the same top, same podcast the today. Ra- the ratio, so it is, very impressive. the ratio isn't, isn't quite there. Yeah. But I think what is Im- Important and cool to note, as you mentioned, 41 of those are Falcon 9s. Well, one of those was uh, Starship. Starship. Yeah. So, so that's I don't. Cool. Um, I, I'm not. In, I don't include Starship in the launch rate on my article. Like I include it in the total launches, but I don't include it in fair. the because I think technically the statement I think Elon said is that they want 100 Falcon launches, Falcon 9 la- or Falcon launches this year. I think that's what he stated. I'll have to go back and through his mm-hmm. statement, but he said it well before we even thought Starship was even going to be launching anytime soon. So. I'm only including, like, in the launch rate, Falcon launches, which I think they can still do. Like, even if they get the 97, that's still, like, super impressive. Um, yeah. I, I think that would be quite incredible, definitely um, a, a record. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it, the answer to the big question of can they make it to 100 or can they at least get back on track to make it to 100, um, first of all, the, like, there's no at least right like there really isn't a question of like will they actually successfully launch all of them like the success rate this year is is 100 percent minus starship oh yeah so like it, the, <laughs> the, it, also, it's a question of like starship and any success ratings <laughs> yeah well but but like if, if you if if you're worried about are they going to be successful on each launch i don't think that's a question but yeah, it's no, no. are they actually going to launch it i mean there are enough days left in this year for certain and they've done mm-hmm. very you know they've done launches back to back to back really you know we've seen a and lot double of double headers on the same day and, and double yeah. headers yeah so it's just the question of like do they actually have enough to make it there it's i mean they have plenty of boosters right now to fulfill those needs um the turnaround times are fine it, you know it, it's mm-hmm. not there really isn't any you know thing holding them back besides like honestly more are the 
are the customers ready to launch? <laughs> you know, yeah. can they actually yeah. launch everyone and that I, they have I, lined up? Yeah, and, and also how many... And also, I mean, I think they have, like, 30 or so on the manifest this year, at least through, like, what we can find as on the manifest this year. Mm-hmm. But that's not even including any like the star, uh, any of the Starlink missions. So, and we've well, yeah. seen, like, you, where they've launched, you, like, two or three in a week. Do you know how many of the total launches this year have been Starlink? A lot. Hold on. I'll count them. You talk. Uh, the answer's a lot. Yep, the answer's a lot. Because um, I think that's also, like, that's something that they can control. Starlink is manufactured by SpaceX, and therefore, if they felt the need to launch faster, then they can kind of control most of the elements besides regulatory approval to that um, in terms of launching something faster. However, um, the goal is to launch when launches are ready, not necessarily (laughs) make it to 100. That's a great goal. 100 is the goal to get, yeah, but they're going to launch when they can launch. And uh, by the quick quick count, is 22. 22 uh, Starlink. I think the most impressive number is that... uh, Four of these missions have Dragon, and so that is uh, impressive. Two crew, you have Crew Six, Naxium Two, and you have CRS Twenty Seven and CRS Twenty Eight, and that's the fact that they that the fact that space. Uh, this is I, I, we're gonna talk, we're gonna name drop some of the companies here. I'm sorry to the communications people, but uh, I don't feel bad for Boeing for Boeing uh, one bit. The fact that SpaceX <laughs> has launched four Dragon missions. In half of a year, and we're still waiting on like the third Starliner to launch that has had zero problems. Uh, <laughs> yeah, is uh, is something to say for how well it's a show uh, SpaceX force, is for doing sure. right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's been plenty of commercial stuff this year as well. I mean, I thought when I was going into 100 launches, I'm like, man, it's going to be a lot of Starlinks, but like. You know, there's plenty of DOD missions, and you have the transport missions, and uh, like SES and uh, SD, uh, Space Development Agency has had their missions. So, like, there's plenty mm-hmm. of like interspingled commercial missions in there, but Starlink really is kind of like the carrier. I mean, 50% of the missions so far are still Starlink. That's still like, it's still pretty much, they, they wouldn't be able to hit these numbers um, uh, and claim the records that they're claiming without Starlink, uh, which I guess that's up to you to determine whether how, how big of a deal it is. I think it's still impressive. You're still launching a rocket. Um, like a rocket's a rocket. A lo- no matter what, it's the launch rate is still impressive. Like, no matter like what, no matter what you say, the launch rate, even if it is their own payloads, is really awesome. I mean, now, go ahead. Like I mentioned earlier, like uh, like I I think the biggest setback in to hitting the hundred goal is customers, and mm-hmm. I guess you consider Starlink cheating that. However, like it's also like the. Starlink yeah. is like an important you, element to 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 their yeah. business here. So like it and 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 it's not like Starlink is launching on like a lesser rocket. Like it's still a Falcon Nine. It's still the same regulations and and you know airspace closures that any other launch gets. So like mm-hmm. it, a lot like a Starlink launch, despite their lack of coverage recently. I mean, SpaceX still goes live, but you know lack of you know independent media coverage on most of these launch most of these Starlink launches because they're just so repetitive and frequent now. Um, you know the the launch is a launch, and honestly, uh, almost stepping away from this, like having you know forty four launches so far in the first six months has enabled like quite a few people to more people to see launches. There's because yeah. they're there, you know, which is really, they're really pretty cool. much I every mean, time. Like, yeah, every time I, I friends and family go down, like, yeah, you'll probably be able to see a launch. Like before, it would be like, well, like depending on when you go down, depends on when you might go see a launch. Now it's like, I'm gonna go down for like a week and a half. Like, oh yeah, you'll probably see a launch. Like if you're in the and air, you can, you'll, you'll probably see and it. you can go down for an unrelated reason. Maybe it's like Disney yeah. World and see a launch. Just I mean, like like yeah. you said, like I've had friends that have gone down there and they ask me. Is there something launching? Because it's a legitimate question. Whether it's a Starlink, yeah. a Delta IV Heavy, which I would be jealous about if yeah. I saw a Delta IV Heavy and I didn't. But yeah, regardless, I'll just, like, yeah, just randomly went down there, Delta IV Heavy launch. It's nothing. Whatever, whatever it might be, like a rocket launch is a rocket launch, and not mm-hmm. until you've seen a bunch do you really start to compare them and be like, oh, well, that one's better than this one. Like, honestly, I don't think any rocket launch is better. You still hear it, no matter how small <laughs> yeah. Antares, Electron, yep. or how big, you know, Starship yep. it is. They're all still super cool, 
And so it's like, it's just really, I think it's really cool, you know, having 44 and maybe the goal of 100 this year launches that SpaceX has done. I mean, like, I, you know, it's simple math, but like the chances of seeing a launch while you're down there is probably pretty mm-hmm. high, uh, which is like super cool. I mean, weather and other factors uh, not included. You know who I'm jealous of? The people who like, who just, they're just going on a cruise and they just, they just <laughs> mosey on down and they just, they're in the hotel room. And it was like, huh, let's go to the beach. Like, let's just spend the day before the cruise at the beach. Go to the beach. Huh, there's a rocket launching. What, like, what is, what is all these people are doing out here? What is this thing going on up in the sky? Like, those are the people I'm like, man, I wish I... Th- you know that someone showed up for a cruise, and they're, like, in their hotel room, and they're, like, trying to sleep before the, the night. And all of a sudden, and then SLS, like, Artemis 1 launched, and woke them all up. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, yeah. as a as a rocket fan, I wouldn't complain about being woken up by a rocket. However, I also wouldn't be woken. I would be awake already to see it. Yeah, you would already but, be awake. Yeah, you know, there's people who got woken up by SLS launching, and that that makes that makes me both sad and hilarious at the same time. Uh, it, back it's to kind of the, a happy the, feeling. Yeah, back to um, the 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 100 launch Starlink stuff. It, when you look at it as a being able to launch 100 rockets in a year. Doesn't matter like, what you're launching. That's an impressive feat to kind of complete operational wise. And most of them has come off of Slick Forty too. Um, I think. Hold on. Let me go back to the. Let me I, go to my stats I, I think, here. I think we, you might be about to say this, but I think Slick Forty just had a fastest turnaround time record. Oh yeah, it? yeah, it did. They've had 22 launches so far. So half of them has come off of Slick wow. Forty. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, Slick Forty. Yeah, Slick Forty. Is it Forty? Or 40? Yeah, Slick Forty. I have that wrong. In my, I have Slick Forty One. Um, <laughs> Oops, uh, I don't know when I changed that. Oh, you know what I bet I did? I think I changed it when we went from forty to forty-one launches. I just went, I just changed everything from forty to forty-one. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, so we have uh, twenty-two out of Slick Forty by itself, seven out of LC thirty-nine A, and thirteen from uh, Slick Four East, and of course the one from Starbase. Um, like that's an impressive operational feat to just get just to start turning around rockets that quickly from one pad, even just one pad. Oh yeah, you know. It, it, let alone the you have three pads you can rotate around, but like just the fact that you did twenty two from one pad is pretty impressive. Now, if you look at it from a uh, like a commercial market standpoint, a hundred launches and the majority of the majority of them might end up being your own payload. And the fact that SpaceX probably isn't making any money off of those launches, like Starlink is. I don't think Starlink's operating at a profit yet. And so every time you launch a rocket that you're just going more into the red. That's yeah. probably not a good look. I can see how that could be a, that could be an issue. Um, however, eventually those are going to go off. Of, it'd be interesting to see like what the Falcon 9 launch rates will be once Starship becomes operational. Or at least once Starship becomes launching Starlink missions, it, it takes over taking over Starlink um, satellites. Because then mm-hmm. you'll see the true market size. And even though what is launching right now is like kind of is, is not necessarily still that even that's still not the current market availability because um, if you want to launch on a medium the heavy launch ro- rocket your options right now is pretty much only Falcon 9 like you can't I mean they could go buy Vulcan and wait how long before those those launch you can't find you can't buy Atlas or a Delta um, you pretty much New Glenn. You can buy a, a flight on New Glenn, but then you're at the same issue as Vulcan. How long is that going to take before you fly? And so right now you have the book on Falcon Nine, and that is probably like you're probably you know it, not everyone wants to fly probably from Florida or people probably want to fly from other places. Like the timeline around um, payload development and payload being available for launch is like you know. All the startups that are coming up to launch more, you know, like we'll see probably in about five years or so. Like when Starlink's moved off to Starship, and the companies that are starting up start to start produce more satellites they want to launch, we'll see exactly where that medium, the heavy launch market, really is, um, and exactly whether or not it can support Falcon Nine, New Glenn, Neutron, Terran R. What else is out there? Vulcan. I don't know, like whatever's coming out of Europe uh, by that point, uh, then we'll probably just it. But right now, like it, it looks pretty healthy, um, at least in my opinion. I mean, if it can even support twenty, you know, twenty-two launches or twenty-one launches out of, uh, you know, SpaceX, not including you know Falcon Nine, uh, sorry, uh, not including Starlink or uh, 
Starship, you know, that's that's pretty healthy. That's still pretty good. Yeah, so. definitely. And and the other thing I'm interested to see is like, okay, take Starlink aside and compare like SpaceX to other launch providers. Twenty two mm-hmm. is the other twenty two is still like out like it more is than everyone else. Beyond. So I think right but, now you know, the only right below them is uh, Rocket Lab, right? With Electron. I was gonna say yeah, Rocket Lab and Electron, which they're going for ambitious goals this year. Um, and and it's funny, like I think you know back in December of last year when they were trying to launch their first launch from the U.S., which then got pushed to January. Sensitive subject. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, I think, yep, don't talk I about think it. that no, we'll talk about they it. had mentioned they had mentioned you know that I think they were trying at ten this year or something. And um, yeah, they were shooting for ten. I remember uh, um, Peter said to me while we were walking, he's like, "We could probably we could do twelve. Like we could do once every month." Yeah, so. but my curious, th- I don't think we knew about haste at that point, and I know you talked about haste no. previously, but I'm curious, do yeah. they consider that, like, it's still in a, like, this is a weird scenario. Because, it's still like, an electron launch, to my opinion, that's an electron. electron launch. Yeah, it's yeah. still electron, it's just not actually putting anything in orbit. I mean, like, the first, stage of, the first stage of electron never gets to orbit, so mm-hmm. it's like, would, but I'm curious if people would consider if, now, it would make no sense, but if Falcon 9 did this, would you consider it a Falcon 9 launch? Like, Is there a turn un- faster than hypersonic? <laughs> if, if, like, <laughs> if Falcon 9 did a suborbital launch like this, I feel like people would try not to make it count as a Falcon 9 launch, even though, like, technically it is. Um, but, um, yeah, because you have uh, in-flight abort, which yeah. was a suborbital flight. Um, yeah. That's a great question. Do you consider that a launch or not? I consider that a launch because I mean, if you consider everything that had to launch. go into it is the same as a launch. And I so on my on my Rocket yep. Lab tracker that I also have because I'm excited for them to do double digits. Um, by the way, when I talked to uh, when I when I talked to Peter, he mentioned that twelve. That's just out of Virginia, so they can do. He yeah, said like they're expected to be able to do once yep. a month just out of Virginia, um, and I'm sure that's like. With current operations at Wallops, I'm sure they can probably similar to how SpaceX has had to, how the Space Force has had to adapt to SpaceX. Um, I'm sure Wallops yeah. can adapt to to more Rocket Lab launches. But um, I have haste down as a launch because it, it's. I agree. I mean, it's a full electron rocket. It's just not going to orbit. Um, so, no, I don't include that into this payload because that's not going. I mean, but also because we don't know anything about the payload as well because they're probably going to be extremely secretive on those but you know it, it's a launch to me and I, I i would include flight abort as well as a launch so um yeah now that the biggest question is do you consider starship a success and that that's something that i think we both agree on that oh boy. It probably is but uh yeah it didn't didn't really do it it has you know it did some pirouettes so i, I mean yeah yeah well ship. but but however like starship was i mean it was a test launch like this was the first yeah prototype launch you know it's like if if a falcon 9 were to do that it it's a failure you know like it, yeah like, you know so, so and, 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 and not to get too into that but but to your point like yeah it was a rocket launch i mean like technically yeah. you know it, 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 even the sounding rockets out of wallops you know the fully solid fueled you know scientific payload rockets are yeah. launches i mean you know they're not the general big liquid fueled rockets that we're used to seeing but they're still launches albeit suborbital but it's a weird crossover of electron doing something like that um obviously the acceleration of those is vastly different because solid fuel versus liquid fuel but <laughs> It's they like go you're talking about fast. You're talking about a rocket that sent a spacecraft to the moon, Capstone. I think today's the one year anniversary of that launch, by the way. Um, yeah, and so. now doing a suborbital launch. It just, it's a little weird. It's a very new mm-hmm. kind of concept. Um, and I am curious, not to derail too much from the topic, but I am curious to see if any other small sat launchers, if they make it far enough, um, start to do something That's like that. Actually, that could be a new market. That actually is a, yeah, it's a new mark. I didn't even think about that. How radical? I mean, the hypersonic, the hypersonic um, test market is relatively new, at least for the past decade of develop of research, and now in the past two years of, of kind of like developing systems to do that sort of test. And so you have um, Strata Launch, who's pivoted to that. In um, who was the other one that pivoted? Who's the other one that pivoted to hypersonic? 
testing, I thought. But you know, oh, maybe I'm just thinking about haste um, to do hypersonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that could have probably that could have probably saved Virgin Orbit if they would have switched. I mean, I think Virgin Orbit had other issues than just launching. Um, a lot but of that issues, could have yeah. Probably better pivot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. If, if, I'm sure if Virgin Orbit came out and pivot and said like, "Oh, we're going to pivot to hypersonic testing, and we're going to you know simplify our whole systems and you know <laughs> get rid of our marketing team because obviously we don't need to market hypersonic stuff the same way we're marketing our launches." And like they, yeah. they probably could yeah. have you know maybe gotten a lot of investment from. Lockheed Martin, Boeing, or whoever it might be. Oh, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Whatever. Yeah, to kind of like to continue moving. Um, be interested to see if anything comes out of that. Well, who was it? Was it Firefly that purchased the rest of their IP? I think, I think? Firefly and Rocket Lab both purchased stuff. Rocket Lab bought their facilities out in Long Beach. And I can't. Someone yeah. bought. It was like uh, it was after the first round. There was like a group. It was like their I'm IP sure it was and like some rockets. I'm pretty yeah, sure it I was, think it was Firefly. Firefly. Is it a Firefly? One of those small set. Or it could have been relatively as well. Um, but um, it was for one of those small set launchers. That'd be interesting to see what they come out uh, if they even do anything with that. Because that, of course, oh, they definitely. didn't get Strata Launch. Got the the seven forty seven. I'm shocked Strata Launch didn't buy them the rockets because then it's already kind of yeah. That built was in. a little interesting. I'm curious to see how that yeah. develops. Yeah. So this whole hypersonic field is interesting. Now, the go- now, yeah. I don't think we're going to see SpaceX do anything like this. Well, I mean, technically, I mean, I don't know. Was was their Starship test launch a, a hypersonic test? <laughs> no, they got a hypersonic. It got the supersonic. But um, uh, I, that'd be interesting to see, like, where, how many launches we can get with the included hypersonic test because um, we're going to, I mean, they're all going to be secretive. I don't know. Maybe I'll move out the wallops and then just become a wallops, uh, like, turtle and just, like, watch everything happen and just, just always be there. You and, could. You know, uh, because Not sure you how you make a to, living off you want, of that, but uh, hey, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> hey, if if other sites can make a living off of having just live streams, <laughs> we can you make a living know. off of uh, but, sitting but there and watching haste missions. Back the whole question that brought us into this point was like, who's closest to SpaceX, right? And to yeah. my, you know, to recap that point, they're at forty four as of recording. Mm-hmm. If you even take Starlink out of that and just do the non-SpaceX, you know, customers. Obviously, you have four Crew Dragon missions, yep. which are still being paid for by somebody that's not SpaceX. Um, then you have yep. the 22, and that still trumps the next closest launch provider, which is Rocket Lab. But yep, at the question launches, is, is which like... Which then, if you only include an orbital, that's only five. Exactly. And so... Yep. But, like, if you're counting these suborbital launches which again i think we both agree and hopefully others agree that we do count them as launches then you know that market could really bring in something and and help rocket lab launch more because i think that is a unique and growing market um that is pretty unique at least to rocket lab right now yeah yeah because right now the only one launching because um uh, strata launch hasn't even begun their flights yet now, uh, just to kind of wrap this up, do you think we'll see SpaceX get to 100 launches this year? Do you think they'll actually hit, not, I'm going to say not including Starship, because Starship is just like, who knows what can happen with Starship, but just including very, the very Falcon 9 Falcon there. Heavy, do you <laughs> yeah. think we'll get to like the three digits? I, 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 don't, I don't know. Um, my instinct says no, and that's not a bad yeah. thing. Um, because what did they hit last year? 61. 61, yeah. I definitely think we'll beat that. However, oh, yeah. We'll beat that in a few I, months. I, I don't know if we can hit triple digits. Um, again, not that that's the yeah. focus, but I, it, it just, like, it does, the, the cadence doesn't point to that right now, and the manifest yeah. doesn't point to that right now. So it's like, they could. Um, the reason I think they could they is could. because... Yeah. They have surprised us before with stuff. Like, yeah. very, very, you know, like, December wasn't, didn't December last year have, like, a record number of Falcon 9 launches? Or am I pulling that out of nowhere? There was a lot. There were so many. It was a lot. There were so many launches. There were a lot. They were squeezing so them like, in, like, could, left and right when they could. Yeah, they could have a month where they just launch, like, every other day or every three days, yeah. which would obviously help them in their cadence. And that might just not be on the manifest yet, and half of those could be Starlinks, yep. right? Um, so yep. my guess, you know, I'm going to put out the number there now that I think. 
I'm going to guess they're going to get to, you know, I'll give them, I'll give them 88 is my guess hmm. as to the, the number of launches they're hmm. going to get to this year. My prediction end of last year was 75. Um, okay. That was just, I just thought, I think they're going to get around 75. I think they can get in the 90s for sure. I fair. think because yeah, we've fair. also seen that um, the the sh- I think one there's another thing that's, that's held them up is their the the, the, the production of their upper the second stages and they've just yeah. oh, yeah. developed that shorter second stage uh, which could possibly bring down the, the build time to allow for more um, so I think we'll probably get in the 90s I think they're going to pick up more in the second half um, and I think if we if we start including if we just include Starship as launches. Uh, I think what maybe we'll get maybe two more this year at best. I think we'll only get one more, but um, maybe, maybe so. Yeah, not including whatever happens with the with the lawsuit because who knows what will happen with that lawsuit? They could get an injunction and not be able to launch for like two years. Um, <laughs> <don't laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> not on wood. Um, so uh, yeah, I think we'll probably easily get in the nineties. Maybe, maybe uh, or or they'll just come out and just go hey, hundred, but and maybe yeah, we'll beat it, but. Yeah, well, only way either to find way, out is by waiting. And either way, it'll be a record. It'll be super yep. cool. And, like, you know, I think the other question is, at what point do they, like, do they break a year record of total launches of just non-Starlink launches? Yeah, that would be interesting, like, when they can start doing that. And, and I'm not, uh, I'm not considering, said, like... Years and years ago, yeah. where they were launched like three times. Like, I'm going to recent history yeah. with that question. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting to see. So, yeah, with that said, we're going to wrap it up this week because we're already pushing almost an hour. Uh, so, it's been a great, awesome to have you on. We'll get to have you on next week. So, I'm sure we'll find Excited for next hour week of, for sure. Discussion. Yeah, so uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Of course, I'm, well, I'm, I'm taking a break for social media, but you can uh, follow us. You can follow with, connect with me on our Discord still. Uh, it's still lonely in there. Please join. Um, Am I getting Peggy? I don't know. I just don't even use it anymore. But whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, you can join us on Discord. You can find me at spacesupport.com or dronegita.com. It's where I've been sitting actually most of my time doing. Uh, and uh, Austin, where they where can they find you? Instagram is austin.desisto and Twitter is just my name, Austin Desisto. Um, I'm active on both. Uh, space content, more active on Twitter. Awesome, and uh, we'll see you guys all. Oh, you can listen to us at uh, all the different uh, podcast sites, of course, YouTube and spaceexplore.com. We'll see you guys all next week.